Danielle, you have a new poll out this week that shows that Joe Biden is still the favorite to win the Democratic presidential nomination. The Bloomberg poll and the Harris poll and the CBS News YouGov poll, I'm sure you will put them together and crunch them together for us. Let's get into it. I had two helpings of that conversation, which is that Bloomberg poll, which was conducted only for NPR, CNN, and Marist College. It was actually, uh, who won the Democratic debate? Oh my gosh. It was, uh, who won the Democratic debate? I feel like it was just so much a part of the summer of 2016, and it really is not new. Oh, yes. Every debate, every poll gets a little bit better and better. But until this debate, it had never been the same, and I felt like there were a lot of things that had changed since then. I think one thing you probably noticed is that Pete Buttigieg got a big surge in the polls, and that really kind of defined himself on who won the Democratic race. Now, virtually every poll that has put him on the debate stage since has had some other weird results. So he had been polling at about 3%, and he has since jumped past 4%. There was one poll that had him tied with Biden, and then there was another one that had him down, yeah, tied with Warren. But it was like a headline for it, because he did better than everyone else. Under 3% in that one. But since he has now overtaken her in every poll that's been out this week, it makes him the winner. And I'll say that I'm very intrigued by the fact that he has overtaken her in every poll, but is struggling to make an impact in some of the ones that exist, like CBS News, YouGov poll, that's uh, been a little bit more of a mixed bag. And we saw he had a, a, a strong debate performance in Kentucky, but it also seemed like he didn't really get a chance to make much of an impact. So he's sort of limping along, but I guess it's a little bit surprising to see him in this position. One question I had about Buttigieg was, is how does he differentiate himself from Warren? Because he took the stance at the debate that I expected, which is, you know, not much about Pete Buttigieg. He was like the mayor of Milwaukee, this guy who once was the mayor of Milwaukee. He was the one who said, oh, you know, a woman who travels on a bicycle actually can win. Yeah, so that is a really important point. Yeah. So maybe he's the guy with the shiny object in his backyard. Yeah. That was a really important point. Yeah, so that's... Well, he did talk about it. It's very reminiscent of Pete Buttigieg's big applause at last summer's Democratic debates. And he was like, you know, nice to see the ladies out there with me. But it was even more of a head-scratcher of, like, what should we be talking about? And he was trying to find a head-scratcher. But that's kind of his thing. His thing every debate is, what should we be talking about? Yeah, so let's take a listen to the candidates' debate with a little more detail. My plan would bring back the tax rate for the top one-tenth of one percent. That's it. That's our chance to make sense of his his response. He, uh, what's happening? Uh, is this what he wants to talk about? If the tax cut disappeared tomorrow, that would be a major catastrophe for the middle class, for businesses, for entrepreneurs, especially large companies. What he's trying to say is that his plan would not happen if the tax bill didn't pass. He's bringing it up. He's trying to say that it's good news for business, Good news for the middle class, and it's not. It's not as good news for the struggling middle class when the top marginal tax rate is like 70% compared to what it is at today. One of the bookends of this debate was Pete Buttigieg was, again, very earnest, but also seemed to be really uncomfortable in terms of the policy positions he was trying to make and the moment he was trying to jump on that moment. He was very clearly listening to other candidates and trying to understand what their positions were going forward. And I felt like he was getting more uncomfortable every single time. I mean, go back to last night, for example, and he was saying, Oh, I love that line there. I heard it a few times. 
If you like your Medicare for All bill, my proposal would be to make a tax credit available on every new baby that was born. That's a tax credit. That wasn't very good healthcare policy. That's like, oh my god. That was some very good healthcare policy. That's what would happen if he becomes president. But I haven't heard anyone else say like, oh my god, President Trump is proposing to end Medicare for all. Is that the best answer you could give on this topic? I don't know, but that's what people are talking about. That is the better answer. I don't know what you would say. Well, that's a good question. Something we'll talk about on the podcast soon. All right. Thank you, guys. That was an excellent moment to end on. All scripts for great political thinking are generated by a machine learning model. Check out our website, Great Political Thinking 2020, to learn more about the show. This episode featured performances from Sam Crystal, Patrick Warren, Emily Zhao, and Daniel Fries. I'm your producer, Sylvan Jung. Thanks for listening to Great Political Thinking 2020.